Hey, this is Max Bredos, TV voice of LAFC. I'm joining JR and Philly on Defenders of the Bank right now. What's going on, Defenders? Welcome to another edition of Defenders of the Bank. Welcome to episode 98, our Robert Mathis episode. Shout out to all you Colts fans out there, five-time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion. That's our athlete of the day. I am your host, the beast from the East, Christian Philly Philemon, coming to you from beautiful Philomonster Studios in Burbank, California. And with me, as always, on the other side of the 405, the mouth of the South Bay, <laughs> J.R. Liebert, the scarf. That's right, brother. Philly, it's episode 98, and we have a wonderful show planned for everyone for the last few episodes. We've spent some time talking about some uniform numbers of players who share our episode numbers. So you said a little bit about Robert Mathis. I'll tell everybody that I love Tyrone Crawford from Boise State, who also wears number 98 because I'm a Boise State guy. We're going to get right in to this day in LAFC history so that, Philly, we can get to our very special guest right after Yay. this day in LAFC history. So this day in LAFC history, we will cover May 20th and May 21st. On the 20th in 2017, LAFC announcing the details of the 3252 and the supporter section at Bank of California Stadium with safe standing and rail seating, the first of its kind on the West Coast. And I'm not talking about the 3252. They're the first of its kind anywhere, especially in Los Angeles. On the 20th in 2018, Walker Zimmerman called into the U.S. men's national team for their friendly against Bolivia. And on the 20th, 2019, that was a busy, busy day. Both Carlos Vela and Mark Anthony Kay named to the 2019 MLS Team 12, excuse me, Week 12 Team of the Week. And six LAFC players called into the 2019 Gold Cup preliminary rosters. Of course, Tyler Miller, Walker Zimmerman, Christian Ramirez, all for Team USA. Mark Anthony Kay and Dayon Yakovic for the Fighting Maple Leafs of Canada. And Peter Lee Vassell <laughs> of Jamaica. Those are the six. And our last day we'll cover is the 21st. 2018, and this was big for the first time in LAFC history. We had players named to provisional World Cup rosters. Laurent Simon of Belgium, Stephen Betashore of Iran, Omar Gaber of Egypt, Carlos Vela of Mexico, and Marco Ureña of Costa Rica, all named to provisional World Cup rosters. And if you're wondering where all those USA players were, we were wondering where <laughs> that team was in the World Cup as well. But Philly... I'm extremely excited today. You might have heard a little bit of laughter at the start of our episode. We love having guests on the pod. We've been lucky enough to interview LAFC players, members of the game staff, like Al Rate and Ken the Falconer, and his last name actually is The Falconer, by the way, and all kinds of wonderful <laughs> people associated with the Black and Gold family. But today, Philly, today is something else. We get to remotely ramble. We get to virtually verbalize. We get to distantly discourse. <laughs> with one of the true <laughs> legends of LAFC. Philly, you may be the beast from the East Coast, and you like to call me the mouth of the South Bay, but we've got nothing on our guest today. We gave you an LAFC news-filled episode just the other day. And as Scarf mentioned, today's episode is special. Special because it's been a long time in the making. 
Today, we have a awesome, awesome guest on Defenders. He is a proud product of Florida State University. Go Knowles. The man has worked for Fox Soccer Channel and Fox World, where he was the voice of the first English-language 24-hour international sports channel. He has worked for Sky Sports and something Scarf and I love, World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> on top of that, he has worked at ESPN. In 2018, he was announced as the lead play-by-play broadcaster on YouTube <laughs> TV for LAFC. Today, we remotely have the one and only, the infamous, Max Bredos. Welcome to Defenders, Max. Wow, what an intro. That is the best <laughs> intro I've ever had. It's no contest. I feel like I have to come out from the... The WWE a gorilla position, as they call, and do a flex and go, come on, I'm coming for you, honky tonk man. That's a David. Oh, oh no, we got the honky tonk reference. Absolutely, we love our. By the David. way, I had completely off guard. I, I keep in touch with Chael Sonnen, who covers UFC. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Man. He is a huge WWE historian, and he tells me all the time. It gives me these video clips about how <laughs> honky tonk man did a job for Ultimate Warrior, who put him over, and then WWE let him hang out to dry, and we never heard from the honky tonk man. So a very tragic figure in pro wrestling. Oh, it's interesting I, because he had the uh, the horrific honor of having lost the Intercontinental Belt in the fastest manner possible at Madison Square Garden, where he was challenging people for the Intercontinental title. And then all of a sudden, the drums of the Ultimate Warrior came, and he came in and just took care of the Honky Tonk Man faster than than I could break a guitar string. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, Max, uh, you know, the first question <laughs> that we usually ask our guests you know, it's really taken on a new meaning in these crazy times of quarantine and social distancing. It used to be kind of a throwaway question, something simply to get the ball rolling, but it seemed yeah. to carry with it a lot more meaning since the beginning of March. How have you been, Max? How's everyone yeah. doing? We've been good. And, uh, you know, I, 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 we exchange a lot of stories with people in the United States and, and some conversations overseas and see how we're all comparing. And, you know, we've been very fortunate and blessed to be here. We are here in Redondo Beach. Um, my son's here. I've been able to really fortify a relationship with him because uh, we have one child. I kind of yep. play the role of big brother and everything. So we go on these bike rides and I've really enjoyed it. So, I mean, even this weekend, we went on a long bike ride down the beach and then we actually went on the beach, did not sunbathe as we were told on Sunday. So we stood up, right. went in the water. I got a cracking shoulder sunburn. Everything else is still the same color. Uh, but uh, it's it's been good and the work's been great to do stuff like this to see how you guys are churning it out. The club has been fantastic because when all this happened, obviously everyone's holding their breath and they know there's gonna there's repercussions and yeah. people are struggling out there, but they have kept it together. It's been super positive and everyone is working two or three times as hard every week to pump out stuff uh, in a podcast forum on Instagram Live, which has been a, a real revelation with the numbers they've been able to get there. On uh, Zoom calls, Bob Bradley has these. It's it's been really inspiring, and it just reminded me why this was the right decision for me to come here. And, uh, you know, when, when I work at other places, big companies, when they focus on one thing, you might be their 10th or 12th choice or 20th choice, maybe sure. third choice, to do stuff. Here, it's like, Max, you are a guy. And in moments like this, I, I, it's it's filled me with a lot of uh, – uh, uh, confidence and just to know that like, all right, if something comes up, I go, I'll do it. Whether LAFC gaming, we've been doing a lot of, so yeah. uh, it's a good feeling for that. Oh yeah. We'll get into all of that in just a little bit. Um, did you ever think you'd be this busy while no matches were being played? Could you ever have imagined this when you first took the job? No, uh, no not at all. You, I think it, 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 you know, you always wanted to be really into as a, a broadcaster. This is something why I wanted to come here. Normally a broadcaster comes in 
And I've talked to people at LAFC and they wondered how my role would be. But my role here when I came here was like, I want to try and do as much as I can. I don't want to just call things, but I want to help maybe do, be a producer, get on the phone and call people to get on the shows. And we've done that and help create these shows. But that's never, I mean, that's, I don't think it's really been done, not in MLS, but I mean, part of it was for me is for self-preservation purposes. You want to be, you know, I'm 48, you know, mm -hmm. this pretty face is going to go away at some point <laughs> and I'm going to have to get behind the scenes. So I knew I, th those are things I wanted to do. And I, we never agreed to it, but this, th this period that we've gone through, this pandemic has shown, all right, we can rely on Max to do it. And I think it's put me more into the bloodstream. So I and to do stuff what I want to do and they, they now they have we all have confidence in each other that we can execute it. Sure. So it's a good pr a practice. But even then, I, I you know, there was the fear that you would uh, kind of sit there in your ways. But being active with the clubs allowed me to pitch things for I work for Combate Americas. They're not doing any sports, but we've been able to do things. I built a home studio and I do stuff on my YouTube <laughs> and mm -hmm. all of that's kind of channeled in. and It's kept busy and it keeps the mind and body intact. I, I got to say, I loved your video of where you woke up rocking your suspenders, your hat grabbing, your beer in the morning. It inspired me to drink several this past Saturday morning. So thank you for that content, Max. I slept. I think I think I slept through some of that. I tried. I woke up at six in realist, but I went on the couch with my eyes closed because I don't get up that early. But I still managed. I watched those Dortmund game, and the next game I kind of zonked out. It's funny. I'm going to go off so many tangents, but when uh, <laughs> at the beginning of all this, I was doing some funny, I was trying to make it light and people would, would, would take it in and they would repost it. And then there was a, two or three weeks where I put some funny stuff out and I don't think people were having it. It was getting really serious. And I was like, all right, maybe I should peel it back. And I right. think people are accepting it again more to have some fun because I think they see some light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. Uh, and Philly, by the way, doesn't pretty much everything inspire you to drink lately, <laughs> let alone a Max Bredoff video? Well, well, yeah, 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 I guess. <laughs> Every time I see you guys, we have a drink. What, what are the shots at the uh, at Food oh, called? Absolutely, the Julius Peppers, definitely. Julius Peppers. I would, I would take a digit off to have a Julius Peppers with you two right now <laughs> as we play. Oh man, you, you and That'd us both, awesome. man. So Philly, yeah. you're a rather big college basketball junkie. I know you wanted to get into a couple things with Max real quick about that. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask him something that struck me right off the bat. You went to Florida State in a period where you. Got to see some pretty outstanding players. You had five guys who ended up in the NBA. It was Sammy Cassell, Bobby Sura, uh, Charlie Ward, Robbie, Rodney Dobart, and Doug Edwards. I totally forgot about Doug Edwards. Did you get to go see a lot of those games, and what was that like? A couple of their games. Dobart, he must have been in the NBA for a cup of coffee, or I think he went overseas. But he was, a, he was like the glue of that team. I saw a couple games. I saw Cassell a lot on campus, so I'd say hello to him. He was like, he was a nice guy. That was a weird-looking dude, Sam Cassell. It was a, it was a, it was a crazy team. Uh, I, I, I mean, that was, I, I'm, we should, they should do some sort of, like, 30 for 30 on that team. Because you say you forget about Doug Edwards, but Doug Edwards was the one guy there that was heavily recruited. Mm -hmm. He was a lottery pick. I think the other guys never – I think Sura was, like, 15th selection overall. Yeah. Yep. And let me see. Charlie Ward, I don't, was he – I mean, he was maybe late first round. And yeah. then he played, but um, maybe the last pick of the first round. But uh, Doug Edwards was a, a huge star. And I'm coming from Miami, and Doug Edwards and his brother Allen, who was actually the coach at Wyoming, I think they fired mm. him. But uh, that family was like the first family of Miami hoops. But Doug was the guy, and then, you know, he apparently uh, 
he ate a lot and got a little heavy, so his NBA career was uh, a bit short-lived. But that was the beginning of it. Florida State is a basketball school. That seemed like a one-and-done, but they've done really well uh, feeding that program and doing uh, doing some incredible things. It was they got to the final eight, then they got the doors blown off of them by Kentucky. Yeah. So that was yeah. like that was like you know uncharted waters at the time. But it was a that was the same time when they had uh, Charlie Ward, obviously as a football player. And <laughs> right. Your attention is on football, and I did go to the Orange Bowl, the '94 Orange Bowl, was it? I think. Yeah. Uh, January '94, they beat Nebraska at the Orange Bowl for the national title. And it was 18-16. It was an ugly game. So that's where everyone was focusing on. Unfortunately, to answer your question, it was a great team. It, it didn't get as much exposure as they should have because of what was happening on the football field. But I'm really glad you were able to bring that up. And I'm going to pass <laughs> it on to my Florida State peeps because they're going to be thrilled. But Dobard was legit, man. He was the defensive yeah. guy, block a shot, guard the best guy on the other side. But I, that was a great, great team. The team they had this year may have been may have been better, just as a better team. I will say they they're pumping out NBA guys. If I was yeah, a, they are. if I was a high school player, what you could go to Duke. But I spoke to uh, Michael Beasley is an actor. His son, I forgot his first name. He plays for the Nuggets, but he said he Malik, Malik? Beasley. Malik, Malik right? Beasley. Yeah. And I saw Michael Beasley at a award show. And I talked to him. I go, hey, how about your son? And he said, I had a conversation with my son. I said, you could go to Duke and or North Carolina and play with all these five-star guys, or you could go to Florida State and play against them. And he goes, son, that's going to help you more in the big picture. And I was like, wow, that's a great – what a great recruiting tool. But I think that's what they're telling these guys because they're getting some three-star, four-star guys, and they get some five-star guys. Uh, they have a five-star guy coming in, but uh, the guys, a couple guys they had recently have made the NBA, like uh, Matumbo's cousin, who's now with the Clippers, who was a lottery pick, Kagenbele, Kagenbele, and then Terrence Mann made the Clippers. <laughs> and that list of players are coming out, so they're doing. It's becoming a, a basketball factory. I'm gonna have to rub it in your face just a little bit. My alma mater, Indiana University, my who, 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 Hoosiers, beat you guys this year. That's the only bit of success we had. So I just had to throw that in there. That was a that's little, amazing. Yeah. That was, I think, they're – I mean, they had like four or five losses total. I they, I think that was that was a loss they needed. It showed that they had to, you know, punch people back. And even when there's Indiana had a great game that day, I think they learned a lot. And who knows how far they would have gone? I think it would have been a fun ride. Unfortunately, it's a ride we didn't go on. <laughs> yeah, I grew up a huge Ricky Waters fan, so obviously hating Florida State and anything that happened at the Doke or Bobby Bowden, the Tomahawk Chop. Could because not of that year. Because oh, yeah. of that year, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Because you should have been in the national title. <laughs> and, and funny thing is, I can't stand Notre Dame anymore. I was just a big Ricky Running Waters fan. Interesting. So we, we talked about Julius Peppers. What was your Julius Peppers back at Florida State? <laughs> what was your beverage of choice? <laughs> I just got into, I mean, it was Jack Daniels, and I, I don't know what I was thinking. We had no money. <laughs> we got the cheapest right? beer. I mean, I would have think about drinking some of the beer that I drank back then. <laughs> but when we get a hold of Jack Daniels, and someone goes, we'd always put Coke in there. Some uh -huh. guy goes, hey, why don't you put some ginger ale? It's got a nicer bite. I go, all right. And then I became this Jack and Ginger guy. Yep. And then when I had a little more money in my pot, I mean, I, we, we drank the worst tequila, and I hated tequila. And now tequila is uh -huh. my drink of choice because they have such incredible – I mean, they have tequila where you can't even taste the alcohol. Right. It tastes like can sugar water. And you're like – but um, 
<laughs> Back then, you had that Cuervo, that Cuervo original, which was just, you know, you just did it, drank it to put in your car and go on a road trip to New Orleans, <laughs> which we did. Oh, wow. the, that was, Jack and Ginger was one that would, I'd sit down and go, all right, it was to drink to get drunk. You know right. how it is. Oh, for sure. No, we have no idea. No idea at all. So, Never uh, heard of it. <laughs> you know, we as we highlighted in the intro, Max, you have had a long and storied, multifaceted career in the world of football. You've also been on a ton of different platforms talking about that. So we thought we would zig where many other platforms are zagging. <laughs> We're going to go a little inside the actor's studio on you here for a second and dredge up something else from the ghosts of employment past, if you don't mind. <laughs> Philly found this on the internet. Can you please talk to us about Splatter Factor and yes. how you got involved with Splatter Factor? Wow, Philly. I could tell by the opening he did his homework, but I never in a, a million years thought about Splatter Factor. <laughs> there were a couple guys, they, uh, I, I knew them a little bit, and they want to do this paintball show, which <laughs> was going to the paintball, bringing a celebrity on there. You would fire, you would play a game, and then you'd talk to the celebrity, and then you would go to the expert paintball folks, and they'd show you how it's done, and all the cool equipment. It was a good show. I wasn't really into paintball, but when I was out there, I enjoyed playing it. It reminded me... Uh, I have a whole new respect for warfare because yeah. if I was in there, uh, ye I would be one of the first coming home in the wrong, <laughs> yeah, in the wrong, in the wrong way. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's you know, you're high, it's it, it, that's all you th you think about at first. You go, man, this was real battle. This is terrifying. So sometimes you gotta anyway. But they let me do that. I think the most interesting part of Splatter Factor, we had me uh, and a couple co-hosts, Stephanie Seabrand, who I keep in touch with. And the other co-host was jo Joanna Krupa, who's that supermodel, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's like on all these shows. We didn't really talk a lot, and, uh, and I would be goofing off, and she'd be doing something. Mm. But that was, I mean, she did very well for herself. But uh, it was a good time. It was a, it was a good show to be on. I, I really appreciate those guys giving me the rub. Nice. Have you played any paintball since? On a friend's bachelor party, maybe 15 years ago, <laughs> and uh, they gave me the worst gun. <laughs> Every time I shot it, it dribbled out. I go, no, this is not good. I return it. Goes, man, we're 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 out, man. This is a busy day. And I go, what do you want? I paid you for this. I'm not going to. None of these balls are going to break on anybody. They drop a foot in front of me. And he's like, sorry. <laughs> Most people don't realize how painful it is to get shot with a paintball. Yeah. The one time I went, we went up against these unbelievable marksmen, and I remember being behind some log, and I literally just raised my uh, raised my head just a little bit to see what was in front of me. Two seconds later, splat right on my goggles. And I'm thinking to myself, if this thing wasn't properly secured on my face or if I didn't have it on, I would have been blinded. And then getting yeah. shot in the arm from like, you know, five feet away from one of your friends just because they want to play a groove. That stuff leaves welts, man. But Philly, the worst part is like you'd hit guys that are really good. They have a better gun. And it's like that. It's like getting hit after the bell. You go, pop, pop, pop. Okay. And then you're walking off. You get hit again. You give the guy a look. <laughs> And you wait for him to come out. I go, what the heck was that all about? Yeah. Sorry, man. I was like, and then you almost give your fist was clenched a couple times. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And then numb after being shot a bunch of times. Yes. But uh, you you mentioned this earlier. Definitely want to talk about it because I'm a huge MMA fan. You know, what's been going on with Combat the Americas? Uh, they're, they're mapping out a plan. And them, like everyone, is uh, trying to figure out a way to, to get these cards going. But it's, I mean, you know, I've talked to some about the plans and you hear what UFC went through. It's really yep. tedious. And I think when you look at the list, everyone's going to have to deal with this. There's it's like a be eight. I mean, just look at the list when MLS released about individual training, it is endless, but you've got to play by it. And I take my hat off to everyone because if it was, if I was in charge, I saw this list, I'd almost say, forget about it. I can't, I can't do this, but they're doing it. 
But you've got, I mean, it's got to be, the testing's got to be uh, immaculate. Uh, the protocols have to be uh, honored by everybody. I mean, UFC almost saw their first card blow up when Jacare yeah. Yeah. had that positive test. It just shows you there's so many hurdles. Amazing. They didn't clip one. Amazing. The Bundesliga didn't. Uh, they had a couple. The testing obviously goes a long way. So they're going to have to be with that. But I think they're looking for a summer return. Most of their fighters are in California. And obviously California is, uh, is going to be a little bit more restrictive. That's why you see these sports going to Florida. Yeah. So maybe there's a possibility to do that. But if California can, and we heard from the governor recently, that if they can return it, maybe that'll allow them to expediate the process a bit which would be fantastic because yeah. uh, it's uh, I love calling fights and make a little more coin, which isn't bad. And, you know, it's good. I mean, everyone's just, I think, saturate the sports scene. Put it all sure. back out there. Sure. Yeah, 100%. yeah you're also, um, you're, you're really active on YouTube, of course, the soccer OG. What do you think? What do you guys think about that? You know, I, I love the show. In particular, I dug the episode where you were talking about the most out-of-shape footballers. And you mentioned Gaza. I love Gaza. Behind me, I have a signed England Gaza jersey. And I just, it was a great, <laughs> yeah. just great episode. But, you know, the one thing I wanted to ask you about the Soccer OG is you recently changed the name from full-time to Soccer OG. Like, what prompted that? Yeah, it was interesting. I, full I, I had a green screen. I moved this green screen and made it a little bit more of a studio look, which I was happy about it. And then you can help churn out more things because it may require less production. But I wanted to actually Richard Roscoe, when uh, I got hired, he goes, people, he goes, I'm, we're glad you're here. You, I mean, when he talked to the supporters, you have like that. You're like the the OG in soccer. And I go, wow. Yeah. And I said, 25 years ago, <laughs> maybe that's my advantage. I have that wealth of knowledge because I've been at it for a long time. So if there's an audience who's interested in that and I can talk about things that go back realistically to the mid 80s because I mm. saw them, I don't I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Pele because I didn't see him play. But I mean, that's still a good body of work. And, you know, I've seen some great games and I think it's a good way to share it. So I thought of the name. It's a little I mean, I've never referred to myself as the OG, but I just thought the soccer OG might be good. The OG, it was basically when I heard Rich say it, I go, yeah. So I, I told Rich that, and I, I appreciate it. And I think, you know, branding these things can help. And I have a friend, Juan Carlos, who uh, helps me edit those things. So I just try uh, – it's it's good for me. Regardless, the viewer, the, 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 the clicks and all that are getting a little better. But I think you really have to dedicate it. Uh, if it's something you want to do, people ask me for advice. you got to do it, but you can't shortchange it. So, I mean, in a, real, for a realistic role, you should post something every day. That helps with the yeah. algorithm. It's kind of like fireside chats with Max, though. Every time you, you sit down and do an episode, it's usually, you know, you're, you're talking rather intimately to the camera. It's usually, you know, something you're passionate about. And it's, it's fun to watch, man. It's, it's, a, it's a really yeah. cool podcast. Yeah, keep oh, at it. I mean, a couple, you know, you throw them out a couple times a week. The time frame for it is great. You know, 10 minutes, 12 minutes here talking about things. And yeah, there's no doubt you could do it every day, but there's not really that much that's going on in terms of right. news to warrant that every day. And you put something out, you know, about the Bundesliga. I mean, yeah, I mean, keep that stuff going. I, I make Thanks, sure to guys. watch all of that, all of it. And oh, you yeah. mentioned you want to have more traffic driven to there. Why don't you tell the millions and millions of our <laughs> Defenders of the Bank listeners where they can find and subscribe to your show? Hi, guys. I appreciate that. So go to YouTube. My uh, account is Max Bredos, very original and catchy name. I figured <laughs> put my name on it for good reason. If I called it something else, I would have had to change it. So go to Max Spredos, check out a video, and hit the subscribe button where you're there. I still have to work on some of the, the tech parts because I know I'm leaving something on the table to make it uh, more attractive on that front. But I'm learning. You know, All old right. dog, new tricks. That's kind of how it goes.
Well, no Max, doubt. it's it's only taken us about 25 minutes to get around to LAFC stuff. Uh, you were <laughs> uh, you were brought on by LAFC in 2018, but not just as the lead voice, like you mentioned, but head of content, I believe, was the, the original title. I don't know if that's changed since, but when you took that role, could you ever have imagined being pulled in as many different directions by the club as you have been? And is this the most stretched you've ever been in your career? Hmm, good question. I don't know about stretched. Honestly, before the pandemic, there was... You could have a good schedule where you could pursue other things, which, you know, I was able to do. And I was still working at ESPN until like a year ago. But um, the head of content, that's something you share. I mean, that was something that I really appreciate that they did. It's great on a business card. It's something that I also would take into consideration as I move into more of a production key. You know, Bernard Worrell who does the TV. Yeah. And everyone is in charge. I mean, we, we everyone's in charge of something else. They all do a good job. So. I always viewed it as an opportunity not to be the head of content, but maybe a guy who can bring all those content things together and I could be that conduit. Uh, yeah. And I, I think we're seeing that breakthrough through now. And I think LAFC can hopefully benefit from that because uh, there's so many opportunities. You can have interviews with players. You can have opinionated segments. You can have a podcast format. It could be information. If they're willing to do it and LAFC is, and again, there are very few teams that are like this, then I, uh, I think it's important to wear as many hats and sure. be on top, be at every meeting, flesh things out, bring ideas, which uh, everyone, uh, you know, it takes it. Look, when I first got here, I was impatient and I was like, let's do this. And like, whoa, 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 we've already been here and we're setting our ways. And I go, we don't have the manpower, but it's been really rewarding to see the now the third year going to the third year, how we work as a well-oiled machine and new people come in and we, we bring it in there. I, I take some credit of, for that, but uh it's just making relationships within yeah. the club, which is very important, which is the biggest advice I can give to anyone getting in, in this industry is if you're going somewhere, don't be timid. You see somebody you want to meet, go over there and introduce yourself. 90% of them will be happy to meet you, especially in the industry, and they'll introduce yourselves back. You know, there's a small percentage, but don't worry about them. Say hello. Keep it short, but always introduce yourself. I think if you're in a room working and people don't know who you are. They start going, who is that guy? Did I tell you that story about Tommy Dreamer? No, no I, I would have remembered that one. Okay, but I'll go into there. Uh, when I worked at WWE very briefly, he gave me this advice. So when you go in there, introduce yourself so people know who you are. So I was at WWE, and I was in the back of an arena, and Tommy Dreamer goes, he walks up to me, and he goes, dude, who the hell are you? I go, oh, I'm Max Bredos. I'm supposed to be, uh, I'm here doing some backstage interviews of some content plays. And he goes, thank you, because I've been wa watching you walk around, and I don't know who the heck you are. <laughs> he didn't use the word heck. Right. So he goes, just he goes, introduce yourself to everyone. I guarantee you. And I go, thank you for saying that. However, the first person I walked up to <laughs> to say hello oh, was Chris Benoit. <laughs> and he was very nice, but I just remember it because, and obviously, this had not, not one thing not to do with the other. Chris Benoit, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm Max Bredos. He goes, hey, great to meet you. He said, thanks for introducing yourself. I mean, people like that. A few weeks later, uh, we got some news because it was right. 2007 about oh. the uh, suicide. I mean, I, I, I took it there. Sorry. But I, I, I think it was, I just remembered you it. You took because, paintball to warfare. So now you're taking uh, <laughs> Tommy Dreamer to, to Chris Benoit. So that's fine. It was the conversation with Tommy Dreamer preceded the conversation with Chris Benoit by 10 minutes. I put it into effect. However, do it. Because when I was at ESPN, I felt the same way. I'd be at my desk and some new kids here. I go, who the, who the hell are you? <laughs> Tell me, I don't know who you are. 
come over and tell me who you are. And they will know. It is so important that you go into a room and shake every hand, kiss every baby if they're there. Don't kiss the babies, but shake every hand. Don't shake hands. Do a little bit. <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> around. Say hello. Say hi from six feet away, right? Yeah. So, so, Max, did you know anything about LAFC before you interviewed for the job back in 2018? And how did you connect with LAFC? Um, Maxie always interrupts my uh, interviews. Oh, we're, we have questions about him. Oh, I, I, got, I got something about Maxie in a little bit, yes. <laughs> Do you want to ask uh, the defenders of the bank? You know these guys from LAFC. They're always there. Max? He nodded. All right, I'll put the earphones on. You can ask him a question. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, he, he just took off. Actually, do you want to Come here. You ask the question now. Okay. Just say hello. He has his homework to do. Do or do I? You're doing an interview. <laughs> What's up, Max? How are you, buddy? What's going on, bud? Hello. Do you still have that business card for the uh, lightsaber business that you were promoting? I'd love to see that. It was one of my favorite segments that you and your dad did, just jumping in and putting a lightsaber business card. I want to buy myself a lightsaber now. <laughs> like, so do you have that card handy? Yes. Nice. I thought he answered your question. I he, thought you answered gonna, your 20-second question with the word yes. I know, well, right? what I was he's getting at was at one point when you – Yeah, when you guys were doing your thing and he happened to, like, randomly put the lightsaber business card in front of the screen. This was a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was the funniest thing. It completely came out of left field, and it prompted me to want to, you know, get myself a lightsaber. So. Okay. Because I, I, I always tell him, don't answer with one word. And then he right. answered with one word to left, but I guess he's coming back. But I'll he answer your question. Back. This is a good story about uh, LAFC. I heard it was happening, and I said, I'm getting this job. I want to move back to LA. I want to get back in soccer. I want this job. I called Tom, who had a relationship with ESPN. And he's like, I go, I go, ah, very general questions. Not, hey, what are you doing for the broadcast? Eventually, I did. He goes, we don't know yet. We don't know. But I kept knocking on the door, kind of saying, all right, what are we going to do? One day... Because I wanted to keep up appearances, I was in Connecticut. I took a flight at 9 a.m. and I told him, "Hey, I'm in town for something." I really was in just town, kind of <laughs> hovering <laughs> cold, over him, cold calling him, right? And then I was in, in town, and I said, "Could you meet at 11?" And he's like, "Yeah, I had a flight that night at 11 p.m. to go back to Connecticut because I had to work." I said, "It was you want this? You've got to be there." So I met, I met him for lunch. He said, oh, all right, great. He goes, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm just walking around family. So I saw a couple of friends, and I headed back to the airport that night. If for some reason he wasn't able to do it, I would have flown all the way out there for nothing, 10-hour wow. round trip. But I, it, maybe it was a little bit – maybe it was an extra day. I don't know. But it was it was there just for that, and that's when I knew. And then all, all that work kind of knocking on doors and kind of keeping up appearances with him sure. had – had to play a, a part in here and it was perfect timing because ESPN was I think downsizing a bit on Sports Center, and I could see it and I and I was doing some soccer I was going to wait for the Euros maybe to do it I go don't wait for something this is something you have all right Max he's back he wants to finish all right this. all right so Max why don't you tell everybody about your your lightsaber business real quick so we can plug it here on Defenders of the Bank yes Actually, this is audio only they can't see anything oh they can audio. do it but it's going to be an audio podcast so you gotta ask answer the question uh, well uh the website's called ultrasavers.com okay okay and do you and do you design all these yourself or how does this work it's a lightsaber company that i buy from god <laughs> right. so so we're plugging somebody else's business on your behalf how many yeah. lightsabers do you have two. Nice. two okay do you ever have lightsaber battles with your dad well sometimes but he doesn't really like to do it what do you like he doesn't about like the lightsaber battle. Okay. Do you, do you win every lightsaber battle, though? Yes. Love Unless it. when he cheats. Unless when he cheats. Okay. All right. 
All right. Is there a particular well, lightsaber that you recommend? Uh, well, if you're looking on the cheaper range, <laughs> yeah, get a ex more expensive one. Got it. All right. So save up and just buy the more expensive one if you want it, huh? Yeah. And what's your color of lightsaber? What's do you do the Mace Windu purple or or what what color are we doing here? Well, I have orange and red, but I want to get purple and white next time. Got it. All right. So I guess we're gonna have to stay updated on the Maxi lightsaber purchasing situation. Thanks. They don't man. have that Darth Maul one, do they? They do. Sweet. <laughs> All right. So Philly is now gonna own a double-sided lightsaber. Yeah, and you can get the metal. Any, uh, there are a lot of different co colors for the metal for that one. Oh, nice. Yeah, black, red, yellow, blue, and <laughs> just regular silver. <laughs> awesome. Scarf It's gonna be fun, buddy. But know, you, have, right? you have to buy two of them if you want to connect them together. Got it. Got it. Got it. Maxie, thanks so much for coming on with us, bud. See ya. All righty. That's, that's, that's a lot of good talk right there. So actually, a lot of a, a lightsaber combo. Right, right. I so, can't wait to have a few. Max, I, I want to transition. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for chatting with him. Of course. Yeah. We actually, we were going to ask about this a little bit later, but I want to ask you while Maxie is right there. You know, he has obviously appeared on your social media feed a little bit more and more over the quarantine and everything. What's it been like to have your son and your family right by your side? How do you feel about those cameos that he makes on your social media feed? What's it like having your family there? It's very helpful. I'm actually, my, uh, my wife's going to help me doing this cooking. We have this project uh, where we're going to be in the kitchen and doing some stuff. I'll have more details about that. So yeah. it's a real blessing. And, you know, we got to keep active. And they've both filmed things we've done. It's really good because he's at the age now, 11, where it's something that interests him. He's good with technology, probably better than I am. Yes, I am. So uh, he's just heard <laughs> that. So, uh, it could be better, but I mean, it's it's a resource that I should use. People say use them and go. I mean, if he can start editing here in a couple of years, yeah, that'd be huge, right? Yeah, so, it would so I have be. Because you don't have to pay him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That's that's free child. The best. Pay him a little bit. <laughs> Um, as a teacher, I have to ask this. What's it been like for you as a parent to watch his whole online education and all of that unfold? And are you more a part of that now than before you were at stay home? Or what's that he's like? Been, he's been really good. He's been a good self-starter. He gets up and he gets to his schoolwork. It's, I think there's limitations because you can, you, can you can learn stuff off the, the computer and you do what but you're supposed to do. He says that he, it's not that well because I'm talking to Jr. He's a teacher. He goes, uh, it's hard to make that connection with the teacher, which is important. Obviously, not being around your friends. Yeah. I think that's the thing I've been working on the most to fill the the social time with as much stuff we can do. And I filled some gaps with a few things. So like I bought a Spanish book. I go go through it. We haven't done it a lot, but so we can learn a little Spanish. We get his music going, okay, do that. And we've created an exercise regiment, which uh, we can do every day and say, all right, it's a small thing. And that's awesome. Though. He can, it's just to make it, to imitate a school day a little bit more. And we try to keep in touch with the friends. Uh, maybe once a week right now, he'll see a friend and do something socially. I wish we could do more, but we're moving in that direction. But the first few, few weeks he did nothing. So uh, I think it was important to, to give it a nice balance. Sure. And I think, the, from what I understand, the, the, the modules, the computer modules give you what you can do. But if, you know, a kid's done at a certain hour, you know, maybe you can find ways. It's like he's on a computer and he's looking at it and it, there's not much, it's not conversation or anything. It's just kind of learning and doing, doing the math, doing the English and sure. uh, carrying on. But I think that human touch is something we, we, we really have to uh, 
fill fill the gaps with. Sure. And before we get back to the the LAFC stuff, what does your wife think of having all of this <laughs> equipment all around the house everywhere? We see it in in the living room or in the the what's that room with the fireplace right behind you, whatever it might be. There's yeah. there's all kinds of different spaces that you've had inundated now with all this equipment. What does she? I've definitely seen a lot of your rooms with the uh, you trying to flip the camera back and forth and whatnot. <laughs> We've seen quite a bit of the Bredos compound. <laughs> well, she hasn't wasn't thrilled, but uh, we've kind of I've kind of moved to the one room to do all of that. And I dedicated that room to be a studio like a year ago. And yeah. it's like, we have people over, you know, our mother-in-law's with us and there's always a room. We need an extra room. And we kind of sacrifice that room and no one was really happy, but I think she, she sees the value of having it now and that's where it's going to remain. And for the foreseeable future. So I, I try and keep everything contained in that room at this point. It's got the good lighting, got a nice background. So the same place where I do those YouTube shows, I also, I do everything Sure. They're off my phone. The other times it's off a camera. That is the main studio. I had like three studio spaces. Now I have one. Transitioning back to the LAFC, because that's essentially what connected all of us. And that's why most people are here to listen to us rant and rave. By the way, can I ask you a question? It's like, yeah. you know, I hear yeah. more and you just did it is referring to LAFC as the LAFC, which is grammatically correct. Should we be doing that more often? No, the dear God. LAFC. No. Did it. And I've been hearing it all the time lately. It's it's one of those things. Mason, Mason and He's Ireland do it all the time, especially Mason. He he calls it the LAFC, and it just drives me nuts. Yes, it's grammatically correct, but man, it's we're going to watch LAFC play. We're not going to watch the LAFC play. Oh, so then you must like, be angry MLS. about the Ohio State. The oh Ohio yeah, State definitely not. The That's State. where it came from, isn't it? The Ohio. Uh, it has oh, yeah. to be. I mean, that was that was a subconscious thing. I didn't even think about doing that. Uh, but I wonder very, very interesting. But Jr. Maybe we should do it because it, like Ohio State, it really stamps it. It's the Los Angeles Football Club, and that will drive our rivals batty, no doubt about it. Right. Hell yeah. So maybe, know. maybe there's some. Maybe it's got a future. Well, listen, yeah. we we know that we've got plenty of listeners out there. Why don't you chime in on our Instagram feed or on Twitter? Hit us back. Should it be called the LAFC or yes. is LAFC enough? Let us know. We got Max on one side of it, maybe me yeah. on the other. This this could be a big thing here. So. Let us know on our Instagram or good, good uh, Facebook. Call. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Now, anyway, going back to it, Max, did you know anything about LAFC before you interviewed for and took the job back in 2018? And talk to us about the connection and how this all came to fruition. So I knew I, I knew there was going to be a club, and then you saw the colors and the logo, and that was pretty much it. I was never aware of how much was going on behind the scenes in supporter and branding community. Uh, the stuff with Rich, stuff with Pat, uh, where the I had no idea until I got here and I went to Sacramento with Tom and John, and it was like a preseason game, and I saw two busloads of fans come out. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> and I was like, this is they've been building this for a while, and I'm just getting in here, and it made me feel a little insecure because I go, this is not, and I, I I'll be honest, a lot of clubs kind of wait till their first game before they develop that identity. This happened two years earlier. It was all being built. And then obviously coming around and seeing, I did remember one tour with Tom at the stadium and I was like, so you see duty with the building of the brand, they put in two big years already, if not more, to create that so that everything hit the ground running. What they did is, is rare, if not unprecedented, because now we feel like we've had two years, this pandemic, we're reflecting on everything that's happened and the the pot is endless. We keep digging in. There's more incredible things. 
that's a, a testament to what these guys have done. I will say when I finally got here, I started to play catch up. And uh, because of this, the bar that they set, I go, I've got I, I got to meet them at this. I got to meet this or I'm going to get exposed yeah. because mm-hmm. it's they're so far. So I try to do it. And the one thing I, I, I said I had to do and it took a bit and, and I go, you've got to carve out a relationship with everyone. But at the top of that list, it's Bob Bradley. And I came in a little bit ballyhooed. I just do interviews. Hey, Bob, let's do an interview. And then I, it kind of hit me. And I, I, I was like, I, it's not, we're not at that comfort level. And then I said, sit down. I called some people. What should I do? And they go, go. And I sat down with Bob. And we sat down for an hour and talked about the sport, talked about the club. And from that, that day forward, we have a great relationship. And it was uh, it was a it was a lesson. He goes, Bob is you know he's the most important person of this club. He's the guy who's in charge of this, mm-hmm. doing an incredible job. So a good relationship there helps everything else, and it, it's it's proven that to be the case. You know, some people, Bob, you you don't want to go in there. He has a million things, but he'll always make time for you. And if mm-hmm. you ask for that time, he'll sit there and do it. And uh, that was a uh, the one that's the one thing I'm I'm glad I did sooner than than later because I it, but even then I wish I even did it sooner than I did. Awesome. Well, you know, you've been doing your pod with Vince for quite a while now inside LAFC. Killer pod. We love it. Vince is one of the nicest guys around and incredible at his job, obviously. What's it he's like not that working? nice. He's not that nice. <laughs> well, nice. He's nice to us, at least. We appreciate that, Vince. Um, but what's it like working with Vince on inside LAFC? Oh, he's great. It's um, I wanted to do a pod for the club, but I didn't know how to do it. But Vince is perfect because he, he, he puts so much time with I mean, you talk about a relationship with Bob. His is a superior with everyone. They give him information. He's so smart about using that information. He protects the club. When you see things, I mean, there's things. He, he's like a, a check and balances guy. And uh, it's been to see that grow has been good. And to see people come out and say, hey, I listen to the pod and they'll, they'll reference something. Because, you know, I was at ESPN had a really successful pod. The one thing I didn't want to leave yeah. ESPN for was Max and Herc because yeah. it was the one thing that I had my name on it. And it was one thing that was organically doing well. People would come up all the time. I couldn't believe it because it didn't get a lot of help from the, from the company, so to speak, even though, I mean, there was one time we had a, he, Herc got a big guest. I'm trying to remember. It was a big, it was during like the U S soccer, uh, the missing of the world cup. And then we had one pod that had, we looked at the top rank. It was, it was right on the bumper of men and blazers. I'm like, Oh my God, it, it wow. fell back. This men and blazers is massive. But for a couple weeks it was building there. And I was like, man, we, this is good. But then, you know, this came up and that was like the sacrifice. That was the main sacrifice. Everything else I yeah. was happy kind of moving on. I, I had a great time there. I, I put it in and was uh, happy with the work I did. But I wanted to, to venture the next thing. I just wish I could have taken that with him. But Herc's doing great over there. And sure. certainly uh, he has his own show and doing well. But with Vince, it helped me fill that void. And at first we didn't know where we're going, but we, we've hit a rhythm uh, and we, we I, we're happy with like some of the guests we're able to get. The club makes that possible. But if there's other things that are interesting, we, we have a good network to, to reach out and get some folks. Yeah, Inside LAFC has provided multiple podcasts coming from you and Vince and several other people. Is there any type of like fun competitive rivalry coming from you know shooting the shot with Jordan and Larry since they're technically the new kids on the platform? I don't know because it's a very different – theirs is a very different pod, and I think it was exciting to see that we have this family of podcasts. And I want to say for all the podcasts like yours that did this, I mean did the heavy lifting – to develop a an organic audience and be ever present. I mean, that's hard work. So you guys really have to. And I told you this before. Give yourself a pat on the back. And it, those. I mean, it's 
some days where it's I'm sure where you're like, I, I got to go through this. But you find you have a busy day doing your regular work and you have to do it and, and, and you do it. And I, you guys are so visible. I mean, I see JR on the every day and trivia every week in <laughs> trivia. I see you guys at every game, every function. And that's important. So, I mean, watching what you guys do was a, a real inspiration. And uh, I think Thank you. you guys have such a good balance too with the club and uh, and and your own thing. And I, I think you, because of that, you've been able to develop those relationships where you can get some players, where you can get some folks. And uh, I think you guys just are on the right path. So it's great to see that family of podcasts. And we always want to support them. And I think everyone has a different angle with it. You know, it's sure. and that's it's it's not wasted time or space for anyone. Sure, sure. You know, you've also gotten to call some of these charity challenges with our buddy Rogo, Mark Rogandino. You know, it's been another fun kind of way to get us all together and connected on another platform. What's been the difference or the difficulty calling these PlayStation matches versus real ones at the bank? And, and how much more challenging can that be? It is challenging the beginning, the process to get all the software. Like, just to give you an idea, we have uh, Discord where we play the game. Yeah. And then we have this thing called Team Viewer, where someone from Discord comes into my computer and sets all the uh, <laughs> all, all the bells and whistles. Uh, gets gets me ready to go, and then he steps out, so I'm ready. And then he comes back in and closes it all up. I mean, it's just really tedious, and I had to learn about these things, get a rudimentary level of knowledge sure. of of Twitch, Discord, and this is what this, another thing that this pandemic's been good for is that I've, I've kind of got my aptitude up on those things, but the pro, the first game we did, the process, and Alex Sale put in so much work, and Ulysses oh, yeah. and Bernard producing it, it was exhausting, but as exhausting as exhausted as I was, they had to have been three times more exhausted on the production end, but now they've had great numbers, and it's been good for me because I get to call something, and I get to prepare to call something, so I prepare yeah. the same way. Not as thoroughly, because there's not much info, but I try and carve out some time with Remy, carve out some time with the opponent, get some information on the history of this where it will be applicable, carve out some time with Mark as well to kind of get our, our, our cadence in. Sure. And uh, that's very valuable to me because I, I, I think you when things get back to normal, you have to call a game for real. Uh, you, you, you have to have that muscle memory in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How can we get Gigi as part of the broadcast, man? We've got you. We've got Mark. How are we going to get Gigi involved with this? Come oh, on. we're trying. We're, we're, we've <laughs> got to get in there. I mean, it's, uh, we'll see what we can do. She does some good jobs. She did some a few smaller things, but we're going to we got to hopefully get it going. I mean, with 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 games, whenever they come back, how are they going to look? Are we going to do a full production? Who knows? Maybe not. Uh, it's there's. There's challenges, but the club knows about Gigi and, uh, and they love her and they are going to keep her involved. She's in the she is in the bloodstream, too, as is Mark. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to activate her the same way we've done everyone else. Awesome. Awesome. Max, most most people, they, they watch sports and they follow sports as like a distraction from from real life, a hobby, a passion. You, on the other hand, this is what you do for a living. And by the way, we are quite envious of that. But what do you do to unwind? I mean, after a long day covering sports, I, I, I doubt that you just go home and watch Sports Center. Like, what's your way to like chill, chill out and relax? I watch more sports. All right, Philly. I'm a sicko, man. I will. I, like, like we talked about the Australian Football League. Yes. If I'm going to bed and there's a game at 2 a.m. I will watch a little bit. That's what I did. My mother, when I was a kid, I'd watch sports upon sports, and I we we lived in Miami, and I would be the beautiful day. We're going to the beach. I go, oh, I gotta watch this 
Cincinnati Temple College football game. And she's like, Cincinnati Temple? You're kidding me. And I go, uh, yeah. <laughs> Years later, she apologized to me. She goes, oh, you're an apology. I go, why? I goes, you watch all that sports, and it was all the time you were preparing for your career, and I had no idea. So uh, it's good. No, I like, uh, sadly, I mean, not so sadly, but the, the one thing we do, me, me and my wife love to go see live music. We yeah. love the Hollywood Bowl. We were, we were devastated when we heard that they canceled their entire season. But obviously, um, may, who knows, maybe they come on in September and say, hey, we'll squeeze in a couple. But live music is obviously good. You know, going out to dinner, all the stuff we <laughs> can't yeah. do. I, like going on a bike ride, going to the beach. Uh, Sundays usually at 10 a.m. And I think this might be able to be fired up in a few weeks. I'm very excited. Uh, I used to play rugby, and we go to Santa Monica Ocean Park, and there's a bunch of guys who throw the ball around, and it's a good exercise, and then I jump in the water, and the rest of my Sundays is fantastic. So uh, there's a, you know, a few things are at the top of the list, but I, I'm always open to trying new things. I think living in L.A., they're all at your fingertips. So you know, a, a sure. nice drive to Joshua Tree or to the mountains, or we go to Lake Arrowhead, uh, skiing, which we can't do now. But uh, we have that close by. I love to do that as well. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. You mentioned it, and it's so true. And a lot of people take that for granted. I remember listening to you on FCFC, how you said you didn't move out to L.A., and you didn't know anybody, and then you joined that rugby club, and the next thing you know, you had 20 new friends, three or four drinking buddies, and you and you had created some memories that way. I mean, it's so powerful, the connection people have with, with sports. And I'm happy you answered the, that in, in that way, because I'm – I'm like you. I'm I'm obsessed with it. If right. there's nothing on TV, I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch old old matches, old fights, old WWE stuff. It's just it's an obsession that goes beyond just following a team and the community that it can bring together and the collective minds. I mean, we're here together because of uh, sports love and passion. So I, I think that's a cool thing. But, you know, we're nearing the end of this interview and Scarf and I just wanted to throw a few rapid fire, quick answer sort of questions Ooh. at you. No holds barred, <laughs> but be as honest as you can. All right. They're easy. So don't worry about it. You no, ready? I just like rapid fire. I know. Right. You ready? Enter Thunder. No holds right, barred. So my answer is my answer's pretty short. Yeah, you know, try going. We, we don't want to keep you on here forever, but it's up to you. Okay. You answer. You know what? It's your interview. You answer however you yeah. like. Yeah. Whatever, Scarf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start with the first one. You've had many catchphrases over the years. Of course, we love Jumanji and One Bite at the Cherry. Which of your catchphrases is your favorite? And can we get a live call here on Defenders using that phrase? I think my favorite, because it brought so much joy at ESPN, was when Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run. I would go, Giancarlo! Frisco, <laughs> who is my actress, goes, she goes, I honestly, I hate the Yankees, but I look forward to a Giancarlo Stanton home run because I heard that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, really. r- r- real quick, your Wikipedia page said Skeloto Yeah was something that you were really well known for. And in brackets right next to that, you should check it out. It says unreliable source. I, that just <laughs> is what that reminded me of. What's, what's the story uh-huh. about that real quick? I haven't been to my Wikipedia page in a while because it, it was always had the 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 chink in the armor stuff. And I was like, right. Yeah. They eventually phased up. So right. it was like, but I, it's nice. They filled it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the goal call I did because uh, I didn't want to do goal because I thought it was just too long. And I look at my analyst and he's like, can I get in on this replay? I go, sorry. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> quick and do it. And it's, I think B- Bado says the Argentine game is what I first did. So that's where I first experimented it with. Okay, got it. So then it, it is reliable then, because it's so funny seeing on the I Wikipedia so. thing, in brackets, unreliable source right after that paragraph. 
I think a lot's gone by past. I don't hold me to my memory. That was like 20 years ago. <laughs> all good. All good. All right. So I'll throw out, I'll throw this out right there. Uh, I know you're a West Ham fan, but who's your favorite footballer? Uh, historically, I, I, I'm always defending Diego Maradona. I'll remember Paolo Di Canio was the guy that really made me fall in love with West Ham. Obviously, he has uh, his some issues uh, off the pitch that you know he yeah. gets, but he you can't take away uh, those memories as well. I don't know if I have a favorite one, but uh, obviously Carlos Vela is giving me a lot of joy. Being calling Argentine games and watching these players when they're 15 coming to the surface with their talent was the most uh, appealing thing in my broadcast career. And Sergio Aguero is at the top of that list because yeah. I got to call some games. And I'd say, this guy's going to be huge. Carlos Tevez was another. And you'd mm, see yeah. them. And it just, gives me, it just gives me joy when you see, see all that. And go, hey, I was there at the beginning when these guys were doing it. But Maradona was always the guy that I was like, you know, I'll, I'll get into a fist fight if you tell me Messi's better than Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> or a shoving match. There you go. All right. So will MLS ever have promotion relegation and do they need it? I think promotion relegation is as far away as it's ever been because I think it would help sort of stimulate things at the bottom because there's going to be some teams that aren't going to keep up with the top teams. Yeah. But when Liga MX suspended it for five years, uh, yeah, that's MLS. You know, well, we, I think you have a better shot and I don't think this is happening anytime soon, but I, I think you have a better shot of a, a combined Liga MX MLS league than promotion relegation. Okay. Got it. Uh, so we're going to go back in, back in the, uh, the, the memory banks. You mentioned Paulo Di Canio and, and Maradona. So obviously that's back in the day, but what's your first sports memory? First sports memory. I don't know if you knew, I lived in Australia Yep. from when 1977 to 84. So 77, I was five. Okay. I wasn't really watching too much sports, but I got into it, and I'd watch some of the uh, some of the NRL, which was then the uh, NSWRL, and I fell I fell over the Can- Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. That was my team, and then the the AFL, which was the VFL back then. I, the calling with magpies. But the one sport that I really the event I remember I stayed up late to watch was the the Super Bowl between the the 49ers and the Bengals. Silverdome. I mean, the Bengals was, got blown out. It wasn't it wasn't a blow. It was close, but it was uh, Joe Montana versus uh, was it Ken? Ken Anderson, right? Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Philly is showing off right now for all of you <laughs> listeners out there. Philly is holding an Australian rules football right now. To uh... it really is the coolest sport ever. You have to watch those highlights. These guys are insane. You have a five ten guy going up against a seven footer. The athleticism these guys have, the fast paced action of it. I fell in love with it when I went to go visit Australia. Too bad the season wasn't going. Uh, it's we took it back. Tour. Yeah, it is. I saw that. I, I, I can't wait. I, uh, we took a tour of Marvel Arena when we were there, and um, just kind of like looking at everything, I decided upon Essendon as the team that Good I want to support. Uh, Amanda <laughs> chose the Kangaroos because she liked the logo, so that's that's her club. So we're never, ever in right. agreement. Perfect any TV sport. Watching it live is difficult. Oh, yeah. It's great. So, so, Max, other than this one, what's the favorite interview you've ever done, and what's your worst interview <laughs> you think you've ever done? <laughs> my favorite interview because i it's funny because i just saw him being interviewed recently and it's like no big deal but at at espn uh it was the time when yasiel puig was this sensation oh i love yasis they didn't want he didn't speak any english and i kind of said hey look we could try something i could do it you know we could script some in spanish and then they signed off on it and I went in there and did it. It was like four questions. I don't know how much we learned about it, but it was like this quiet in this, the newsroom because they felt like they were doing some history. And I, I would say they, they could have they could do so much more to the big que- the, the, my biggest thing when I was there and I kept pushing it. And I don't know how far along they did it 
was that there's so many Spanish-speaking athletes in baseball, in soccer, who yeah. play in the country, uh, in NBA even now, where we, we can't ignore them just because they don't speak the language. We want to hear from them. Coaches as well. So I always wanted to kind of bridge that gap. I think a lot of the Spanish-speaking athletes like that because get, they get left alone. But I go, nope, they, they're on the hook. <laughs> And just because, like, you know, just because these guys don't speak English doesn't mean we lump on these other guys to get interviews. So it's uh, when we did that, it felt it, I mean, I don't know how much more is followed up, but it felt like something really important. I got a lot of good response from everybody. So that was a that was a, an interview uh, that uh, I certainly really appreciated. All right. And what was favorite? Yeah. What was your, your the one that you might have thought went the worst or your, your least favorite one that you've done? Like after you left, you were like, God, that that was a mess. God, there's been a few, <laughs> a few of those. I can't remember. I'm just there's been there's been ones where you just put you got the wrong answer or I mean you gotta it's interviews are tricky. I mean because you know people who aren't going to be as good an interview, but you got to find a way to disguise that. I know uh, I did some interviews there where uh, there was like Jerry Rice was there and he wasn't going to be a great analyst. And I go, hey, can we ask you about this? He goes, no, I don't know a lot about this. What about this? He goes, no. I go, what can I ask you about? And he gave me two topics. <laughs> So we did that, and they were all right. That was a quick interview. So yeah. I mean, any of these that interviews where you have to limit things, any, but just understandable, you know. And a lot of PR. I did one with Herc with uh, Juventus, and you know the Juventus people say, "Don't do this, don't do this," and then we kind of blew through the stop signs, and they jumped in and they stopped it. So there's a lot of those. I understand <laughs> there's things you can't talk about, but uh, you hate it when you get a list of more than two things not to sure. talk about. Maybe one thing don't talk about. You know. I think we had uh, Carly Lloyd, and no one told me this, but I said, "Don't ask about the lawsuit. It just happened. It's gonna put. It's gonna put a. Pro People feel like you have to ask that, but it's gonna put a parking brake on the interview. And you get somebody, they're gonna be like, some interview subjects feel like they have to do that all the time, but it doesn't do you any good. It really, it it just it can ruin an interview if someone doesn't want to talk about, it, or they don't have, and you know they don't have the information, but you ask the question because you feel like you have to. Got it. Well, that was a nice short answer, Max. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> here, on the, here on the short answer rapid fire section. We both love music. We've both been at concerts together. This will be a two-parter. Favorite concert attended and then top five favorite bands. <laughs> I think I, I, I may have to go over that Iron Maiden one at the bank because it was just like this red carpet treatment. Awesome. This last, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, I was giving, the last two Maiden shows I went to were good, not great. I kind of got some cheap seats or whatever, and that's probably the reason. But this one was spectacular. I had a group of eight friends, many of which I haven't seen in a while. So all of them being there. The last concert we went to before the pandemic, me and my wife went to the forum to see Tame Impala. It was yeah. amazing. So uh, I was glad to do that. Top five bands. I'm trying to listen to a lot of new music. I put Tame Impala up there. I really enjoyed them. Historically, when you look at the amount of concerts I went to, Iron Maiden has to be there. The Ramones have to be there. Nice. If or I say I, my hometown. Oh, I do. I went to. There's a concert venue. Used to be a tennis stadium. Yeah, that, I grew up right around the corner from there. My mom and dad still live there. That's where they played the U.S. Open. They turned that recently into a Amazing. concert venue. I saw the XX there. It was nice. spectacular. And then you, it's just beautifully set up. I forgot what the venue's called, but it's in Forest Hills. Uh, I saw the murals with the Ramones, which is really cool. Yeah, Roxy right by the music, Long Island Railroad. Yeah, Roxy Music, Brian Ferry, someone I always listen to a lot. So uh, I, I put that on the list as well. Didn't they just get elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Wasn't that? Yeah, a couple years ago. Kraftwerk, yeah. not in the Hall of Fames there. Yeah, you had that Kraftwerk t-shirt going on with your Bundesliga yeah, yeah, episode that. there. 
That was all right. So I love Max, music. It's a long list. Let, let me ask you last question. This is good. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a couple of things that I saw on a photo of you, and, <laughs> and I want to know. I'm gonna ask this question. Here we go. 31 and a half inch waist, 38 inch chest, 16 inch collar. There are these beautiful modeling photos of you, Max, from back <laughs> all in, in the Italian. day. All in Italian, right? Do you miss your modeling days? And then how soon would you like to get back to those modeling days? <laughs> yes. Not up to me. <laughs> Not up to me. I was happy to do a fashion show for LAFC. I, I, those were fun. It was, it was two summers that I did it. Okay. And I remember my mom said, do it, do it. And I go, I had no money, but I went, and it was an incredible experience. And I always maintained enough where uh, I had enough money in my pocket. And if I didn't get enough modeling jobs, which I got a few, you would, I, we were mixing concrete. There was this thing called Dancing for Dollars where they took some models to some <laughs> club nearby, and you danced for like 30, and I just danced for 30 minutes, and they'd give you like 100 bucks. Wow. But that was all there, and I learned to fend for myself. And traveling and getting out of my comfort zone allowed me to pursue coming to Los Angeles and get into sports. But it was a good time. And all the guys are in the same boat there. So you, you meet friends and you have a good laugh. Do you still it's, keep uh, in touch with people from the modeling days? I, I kind of lost touch with three or four of the better friends. I really regret that. I did for a while. And then before internet kicked in, I wish it did because I would have been able to, to do it. But there was this guy from Tony from Spain who was my roommate guy joe's from pennsylvania there's this guy from the czech republic we hung out all the time god it sounds like to... those mafia movies you watch yeah tony from spain and joe from pennsylvania getting up to some hijinks <laughs> and uh yeah, it was good i got a good response but then i said i don't want to go should i go back and pursue it I go, or i want to do sports now's the time to do it you're like 23 let's go all right well maybe after you know like you said and once you move behind the camera we can see. Uh, I do not have a 31 and a half inch waist anymore either. <laughs> Scarf, when you were ever. reading out those stats, I thought you were going to talk about his days as a professional wrestler. Oh, I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, we're really excited, Max. You know, we've been talking about this for quite some time. And, and initially, we had carved out a little bit of time. And you've, you've given us even more of this great time with you, Max. And we, we obviously really appreciate it. And hopefully, this will be just one of several different times where we can have you back on the pod. And you know, we'll check back in with Max and see how things are going. So again, yeah. well, on, on behalf of Defenders of Bank, honestly, thank you so much, man. Well, thank you guys. I know you're able. To, you guys are busy, and you're able to fit this into your schedule too. And I will say, uh, I really appreciate it. I spend so much time asking questions. It's nice to answer them in this form. It really, <laughs> really is. All right. Well, and you guys know how we like to end the episode. Again, a very big thank you to Max Bredos, and from all of us here at Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.